friends, and welcome to World Build With Us, the podcast where we create fantastical worlds with help from you, our listeners. My name is Rob Hilferty, and I'm here with my co-hosts, Daniel Quinn and Courtney Staples. On today's episode, we have a prompt from listener Iris. New listener, by the way. Welcome, and thank you for submitting your prompt. Remember that if you want us to build your world, you can always go to our website, worldbuildwithus.com, Click the link and follow the instructions and we will build your world uh, just like we're doing with Iris here. If you want to follow us on social media, by the way, you can always go to our Twitter at Let's World Build. You can always come join us on, on our Discord and chat with us uh, about world building. You can come do our community world building projects, all sorts of cool stuff like that in the Discord. And if you're feeling particularly generous or you just want access to those sweet, sweet patron only episodes, you can give us money over on Patreon with a link for the Discord and the Patreon in the description of the episode. With that out of the way, let's get to the prompt. And the prompt itself is actually fairly scant, but the devil is really in the tenets. So I'm going to skip straight to the tenets. Number one. The planet orbits around 14 different stars via teleportation. Number two, a ringed green moon watches sometimes. I don't know what that means and I'm intrigued. And number three, and this is the one that really got me going here. The Catholic Church did it. So I really love the disparate parts of these tenets. I think that it is really fun and I'm really excited to see what everyone here has to say about it. Daniel, were you ever Catholic? Uh, no. Okay. I thought that <laughs> I was going to be a good segue to get you to go into your tenets, but tell me your tenets anyway, non-Catholic Daniel. I have been a lifelong atheist. <laughs> um, I wanted to start by with those stars. Um, so my first tenet is the stars represent or contain the 14 apocryphal texts of an alien Bible. Oh my God, mm. I love this already, Daniel. Oh, it's so good. I don't know what that means, uh, but we'll find out. Yeah, we'll figure it out. That's, that's where we come in, absolutely, mm -hmm. yeah. So we've got apocryphal texts from, is it an alien Bible or is it the Earth Bible? An alien Bible. Fabulous, okay. Oh man, we're off to a roaring good start. So Courtney, keep that engine running. What do we got for your tenant? I, I think I can keep that going. Uh, so yeah, first off, I wanted to say that I love this prompt. When I was reading it, when it first came in with the two, first two tenets, it was like, okay, interesting. But that third tenet, when I read it, I just grinned. Like it's yeah. so out of left field that it was almost like an impromptu twist in a way. Absolutely, um, yeah. And right away, it gave me an idea for why all of this is happening. Uh, and I know that we've done quite a few apocalyptic and post-apocalyptic settings before. Mm -hmm. Bear with me on this because it's kind of on a different level. Oh, my. Uh, and okay. it's probably like multiple tenets in one. Uh, but hey, I do that all the time. Uh, no know, one calls me out on it. So it's fine. It's uh, a so long established okay <laughs> thing. It's a loophole that I, that we yeah, do here. Yeah. Uh, so my tenet is that the Catholic Church caused all of this by attempting to reach heaven which somehow triggered the apocalypse as foretold in the book of Revelation Ooh, in the Bible. Yeah. Oh, and yeah. the stuff that's happening and all that will happen can be tied back to the really bizarre ways that you can interpret that book. Like mm -hmm. um, maybe that green moon is something from Revelation. It could be like 
the pale horse on which death rides, uh, the fourth horseman, or it could be wormwood, which is a star and or angel that fell to the earth and poisoned water. It, there's, <laughs> there's a lot of weird imagery that we can bring in, uh, which is a big part of why I wanted to use Revelation. It's just so insane and surreal. Uh, I, I agree. I think Revelation is one of those books that are like really fascinating to read mm. from like a uh, an a religious perspective because it is just like this is wild. This is yeah. like yeah. fairly okay up until Revelations, and it's like oh shit, someone went hard on the paint <laughs> yeah. with this last one. Yeah, <laughs> it is my favorite book in there as well. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I I kind of like Ecclesiastes because I find that to be like you, you know when you're dealing like death and stuff like that, I do find that could be. To be kind of what's, interesting. What's the one with the the inter- sometimes interpreted as a UFO and this one of the people's Daniel? I forget. Oh no, Ezekiel. Mm. What's which book is that? I, I don't know my Bible. That well would I like to, to give mm-hmm. you an answer. <laughs> the last time I read anything from the Bible, I had to have been like I don't know, sixteen. I, I, I always enjoyed the uh, biblical angels too, like the ones that are just wheels of wings and eyes. I'm yes, like, those are cool. cherubim. Yeah, and then oh yeah, we we're not going to get into that. Well, actually, we might need to get into the courts of angels because my prompt is demons tricked the Catholic Church into mm-hmm. activating this gate after masquerading as a revived apostle. Amazing. I th- so, I think it's all coming together. <laughs> so that's, that seems to work. So we've got um, the Catholics trying to reach heaven, which you said caused the events of Revelation. Um, that was just an idea for like how they have triggered this, but it it could I feel tie in with Rob's and that like uh-huh. the the demons kind of tricked the church into into doing this supposedly reaching heaven, but in reality it opened whatever the fuck they wait. So then, what is your tenant exactly? If not what I just said, mine. Yeah. Oh, the that like the Book of Revelation is what's happening. Oh, okay. Yeah. I see what you mean. Okay, I, I heard the I heard right. the second part, which was like the most interesting. I like really like that part. So I'm like, okay, mm. that I think that works. Okay, so then the, mm. the demons are kind of precipitating this by having a false apostle. You said, correct. And okay. uh, I want to clarify a little bit. When I mean demons, I might not necessarily mean demons from hell. Mm-hmm. Uh, I want to kind of take a little bit of inspiration from, um, you know, like uh, Black Mass. Uh, wait, not Black Mass. I always do this. Midnight uh, Mass. Midnight Mass. I want to take some inspiration from Midnight Mass, which is like there are like it's how people interpret, you know, right. the the creature mm-hmm. that we're that we're viewing. Uh, so when when I say demon, it might not necessarily be a demon, but some kind mm-hmm. of weird skinwalker. I'm really open. I mean, if we want to go like straight up like biblical demons and stuff like that, totally cool. I just want to toss it out there that I'm not married to the idea of this thing being like a fucking devil. You know what I mean? <laughs> it could um, perhaps be uh, the aliens that Daniel mentioned. Potentially. I, I was thinking that, you know, like that this that, that maybe it's even the apocryphal like prophet that has written this alien Bible in some way, mm-hmm. you know, like maybe it's coming back and it's like, hey, I've found these new uh, never before seen texts from the Bible times, you know, like. There, there could be this whole, uh, uh, there's a lot we could work with here. And my mm-hmm. brain is already starting to get going. You, I, I can smell the smoke already. Uh, so, Daniel, uh, speaking of your alien uh, Bible, why don't you start it? Why don't you uh, keep us running here with your second tenet, sir? She talks about um, this this uh, planet teleporting from 
among the 14 stars. That's um, correct. Yes. So I wanted to like kind of give some sanity to that. So I, <laughs> what I said is the planet doesn't actually orbit the stars. What it does is it passes through a series of space time corridors where each of these stars exist. So like as it moves through its orbit, it's really moving through different star systems. So it's like 14 different star systems where each of these stars individually is. Okay, I I thought that we were going to have a fight because I was like, I knew, Daniel, you were going to do something with the damn teleportation. I'm like, don't you dare. Uh, So but because my my second tenet is also like related to the teleportation. Mine is as well, actually. Son of a bitch. Okay, we're all going to have to go here. We can make it all work together then. I I know that's kind of the exciting bit for me. My my interest narratively is having 14 settings potentially yes yes i'm and i and i i don't think that my tenant like takes that away in fact i'm Mm -hmm. I'm just gonna say mine now the teleportations are actually massive magic gates that teleport the planet randomly around a different sun each time it passes through Mm -hmm. so i'm interested in the idea that the people who are traveling around these 14 different suns cannot plan to be around mm-hmm. a specific system. It's an That's, unpredictable orbit then because exactly. the gates move them to different systems. So exactly. it has an orbit. It's just that, and the orbit is in some way dictated by the gravity of the bodies it orbits, but the gravity of the bodies it orbits at any given time is random because these gates, it passes into a different orbit each time randomly. Right. And, and the gate is at fault for that. Right. So it's, it's right. not like, it's not like, oh, well, we pass through this particular planet. So that means mm-hmm. that, you know, like it's there's no pattern to it at all. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, and again, cool. the other po- the other point that I want to emphasize there is magic gates. Mm-hmm. It, if we have to concede and be like, OK, it's actually just super advanced technology that's akin to magic. I'm willing to to like die on that hill. That's fine. Actually, no, I'm not willing to die on that hill is what I mean to say. There's magic is what I'm suggesting rather than trying to do like a hard science to it. That's what I'm interested in. So do you want to have something where it's a soft science? So it's more like Star Wars science? Oh, that sounds... Yeah, I can do that. Because that has scientific... It kind of has an appeal to science fiction. It is science fiction, but it's it's just that it's it's not interested in, in the rules as much. I figured that if we're dealing with the Catholic Church and we're dealing with angels and demons, like I wanted straight up fucking magic. You know, like, what, I don't really care about the specifics. Uh, maybe Courtney's uh, teleportation-related prompt can, uh, can kind of I just like the idea of, like, when you have something that de- has a religious um, background, there could be a, a veneer of reason behind it that's maybe yeah. not explored but could be mm-hmm. explained. Like, my, the show that I love recently that I've talked about a lot is Raised by Wolves, and it yes. has a veneer of science behind it all, but it's also, like, strangely revelatory magical mm-hmm. and i think this is perfect for that daniel one of these days i'm gonna watch that show so i can know what the hell you're talking about <laughs> it's really <laughs> sorry I mean, didn't mean the, didn't mean the impinge though courtney. no 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 that's fine uh so yeah courtney guide us by the hips hit us with your second tenant and maybe give us a little bit more of a fleshed out feel for what we're dealing with here yeah i don't know if this is gonna give us much guidance and it's pretty similar <laughs> to yours rob but uh Mine was that the transition between the 14 stars is not an easy, simple one. Mm. Um, at the time when, you know, writing this down, I didn't know what happened during those events. But basically, I wanted it to be something uncontrolled, as you said, and dramatic in some way. So it's not just like they 
they peacefully float into a new system. There's like oh. some some event that occurs. That's fun. Disrupts them. That's yeah. cool because that kind of tie into the whole revelation aspect Absolutely. of it. Like if mm-hmm. if each passage is like a big celestial moment that causes trauma to the planet, mm-hmm. you could now have different phases of the planet's history as it passes through. Maybe the, the yeah. passings are big gulfs of time, for all we know. Right, and mm-hmm. and yeah. like each passing is like there's a harbinger that comes. Yeah. And it's like okay, An this wave of good or evil, or or maybe even just neutral will happen to the planet as it passes through that Courtney, that's a great idea. I mean, if there's 14 stars and we said there's 14 books, apocryphal texts, maybe like each of the passings is one of the, is related to one of the stars. So like the harbinger harbinger of each passing Mm -hmm. is like related Mm -hmm. to one of the books. Can we, can we position it? So these apocryphal alien Bibles are, also, like maybe an addendum to Revelations, you know? Ooh, yeah, because yeah, that's what apocryphal is, right? Because an extension of the yeah, Bible, right? Yeah. Absolutely. Oh yeah, maybe it, maybe even the original Book of Revelation was like an alien or demon inspired thing in this universe. And, oh my. Okay, jumping yeah. off of what you just said, <laughs> what if the Bible is just a single piece of a larger Bible? Yes. Like we have the mm. Earth Bible, but it's part mm. of a larger, like bigger alien Bible. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we, and well, these fourteen pieces are steps towards the complete thing. I yeah. mean, when you look at like the codices as they are, we have at least three Bibles, right? Because mm-hmm. there is the Torah, there's the 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 Jesus Bible, and then there's you know um, like Islam's interpretation with Muhammad. So it's like if you like run the spike of Abrahamic texts, we have like three core. I mean, why not? And then. There's also like historical precedent that suggests that the Bhagavad Gita was actually a deep inspiration for the Abrahamic religions as well. Oh, really? Huh. Yes. I mean, I was I was Googling and there are, I think, depending on people's counts, between 14 and 17 apocryphal texts of the actual Bible. Hmm. And that's just of the actual, quote unquote, right. actual Bible, yeah. right? Uh-huh. Um, Which I don't know, maybe maybe Iris was inspired by that because 14 is one number and 17 is another number they choose as counting them. Yeah, the, there. Hmm. I mean, there's so much stuff that we could do with numerology as well. Like yeah. just yeah. deep diving off the fucking end with that, with just the numbers and stuff. Oh man, there's so much fun that to be had with that, you know? Yeah, like seven is a super uh, frequently used number in the Bible mm-hmm. and in Revelation, especially. There's seven, like everything in there. Well, and to be clear, I mean, like historians count either 14 or 17 mm-hmm. actual books, yeah. like not yeah. a numerological number, yeah. but that there's yeah. this many. They so know how to divide them. Right. I, I didn't want to yeah. I didn't want to like downplay that. I just wanted to right. also suggest that <laughs> yeah. you could add in the craziness that is numerology. You know, no, like, I, yeah, I was there's so much that. stuff there too and yeah reading the prompt and like thinking about revelation being like can there be some connection between 14 and like all this crazy shit going on yeah yeah uh let's let's circle back to what daniel was talking about Mm. where i i like i kind of like sidejacked it a little bit by talking about the historical stuff there but the idea that these like religious texts are part of like a greater divine engine Mm -hmm. or a greater divine codex we really need to fucking talk about how cool that is because that's a great idea and like maybe something that is like uniting or universal or something like that or or i don't know why i'm thinking that it powers some kind of divine or universal engine but my brain goes there so Mm -hmm. uh i'll I'll let y'all step in and talk about what you're thinking about here 
I don't even know. There's just so much we could do with it. Like, so much. I, I mean, you talk about these unpredictable doorways, right? Mm-hmm. That move us between the four, 14 systems. Mm-hmm. And you talk about divine engine. And I wonder if there's a relationship between the two of these texts. Do they shed light on the purpose or the way that this machine functions, this machine of the universe almost, right? Mm-hmm. Right. And it seems to be bad because we pass through it and there's cataclysms. But what do the books talk of a c- conclusion in the way that Revelations talks about in the end of the world? Is Revelations mm-hmm. merely the first of the books, you mm-hmm. know, that, that talks about the first phase of this transition for the earth or whatever planet we're on? I mm-hmm. feel like they're related, this, this machine you're talking about, the books and the star systems. Yeah. Yeah. I like the idea of Revelation as like the chapter one in this this thing or like the prequel to mm. um, what these books describe. Absolutely, because it's so often looked at as, you know, the final text within mm. Christian mythology. So the idea mm. that this is the beginning is such a fun twist and a fun like, uh, uh, no, I'm just going to stop there. It's just <laughs> a fun it's just a fun twist to like yeah. the traditional mythology. I love it. Mm. I think it's cool. Um, and I also like how it can merge um, our thinking about the universe um, as, you know, a rational, natural thing and it being designed in some way. Right. So mm-hmm. it's it, mm-hmm. you can bring back God in a non-traditional sense. You know, if you if you incorporate the religions of potential other civilizations that weren't part of the earth. Like, I don't know even this if this takes place on Earth. I assume it does because we have Catholics mm-hmm. and we have the revelations um, but we didn't decide that. So that's another question, you know? Yeah. Right. I, I was also thinking that this is definitely a traditional earth and yeah, hi- historical me was like, I can bring it back to the crusader times. And I'm like, no, don't do that. <laughs> we we are, we already had one of those recently. It's fine. Just let it be sci-fi and magic. It's cool. Well, so if we <laughs> situate it, then we can set it at some indeterminate point in the future because, this is revelations happening, right? Mm-hmm. I'm assuming right. this is the, maybe the first movement through the first doorway of the earth is revelations. And then we have, I guess, 13 more steps. There's or, 13 I don't, more revelations. Yeah, oh, is God. that what it is? Like, I don't know. Like, I'm just trying to, what, where do we situate this? We know it's earth. I'm assuming mm-hmm. it's, in, it's in the future because revelations is the kickoff, right? Unless we don't agree to that. Well, I'm fine. I, I mean, I, I don't think it needs to, I, I, I'm not particular about the time period. So yeah, yeah I'm also yeah. cool with it being like tomorrow for all I care. Yeah, it could yeah. be I mean, literally, yeah. but it's just like, I'm, I'm just trying to understand, is this like the events of Revelations or are we situating the setting after the events of Revelations and moving uh, into the future of that? That's yeah. a very good question. Well, based on our prom or based on the tenets that we've brought, we know that it's random. So there's probably, I, I imagine that it's situated at least after the second cycle of these revelations that we're going through, right? Because, so they know that it's that it's a thing. Right, that, that yeah. it is in fact random and that they mm-hmm. cannot prepare for it. Yeah, um, so it's the second yeah. movement of revelations basically is where right. we're at. Which, oh my goodness, there's so much that I'm thinking about like, Though that first pass through of like the 14 <laughs> revelations, that is already like completely so far gone from what we know. Like, oh my goodness. Do you um, mean um 
the all earth that 14 we know. steps or just like that's what i'm trying to understand do you mean like right. the first pass through of all so they've gone through all 14 books and now they're doing this as again as a cycle or is this like the second of 14 that we've gone through i think it might be easier from our perspective to like handle it as if the the sort of christian book of revelation is like still happening and Mm -hmm. we haven't moved on yet um but it could still be passing through the different stars like i i don't think that the stars themselves i mean i know that they they are the sort of alien apocryphal texts but um i don't think that going to them necessarily means that they need to like activate right away or right or maybe there's some weird stuff going on where like things are happening at the same time um but yeah i don't think we need to like say that we're like way beyond the book of revelation and we're dealing with like completely mm-hmm. alien stuff just yeah mm-hmm. i i was even thinking that if we wanted to focus on something that's relatively new in the journey it could be something like we passed through the like let's say that they're through their fourth gate but they've already done a repeat of one so they recognize wait a minute there's no set pattern here or or something like that where or they, they, maybe they go back and then skip like they, they, there's just something about it where i'm interested in this idea that they that it's often up to interpretation as to mm-hmm. what it all means yeah. especially when we add in you know revelations and whatnot which is in uh it is a very vague text in terms yeah. of what is available to be interpreted so can you can you say then to keep preserve what you mean about it being random can we say that there is a progression to 14? We just don't know which which ones we're hitting in what order. Yes. Mm-hmm. Okay. Because that's and, what I was thinking, right? Right. And and I think that maybe there is some kind of harmonic convergence that needs to happen mm-hmm. where you go through a specific set of gates. And we could even, I mean, if we really wanted to play with it, there could be like a specific set of circumstances that need to happen mm-hmm. that in order for you to go through the quote unquote correct path, you know? Yeah. Um, One thing too is like thinking about how aliens might view um, time and consecutive events, like mm. um, thinking about the movie Arrival and the short story that it was based on, mm-hmm. uh, Story of Your Life, where it's basically a linguist who learns a, a complete, like a literal alien language and her, her whole way of thinking changes because they yep. sort of see everything happening at the same time. And so I'm wondering if that's also what's happening here. Like the stuff that's in the book of revelation, for example, is laid out in sequential order because that's how we as humans need to understand it. Mm-hmm. Like event A, event B, and so on. But maybe it's like, can all just happen at once or at random? Like there's really no set, um order to it or set like x needs to happen before y it can can all sort of happen as, yeah as needed yeah I'm, I'm also getting strong vibes of kurt vonnegut um with slaughterhouse mm-hmm. five mm-hmm. you know where, where the man becomes unstuck in time and meets the trim fal- uh, the tri- the trifalmagorians I, yeah. I can never remember <laughs> the name of the aliens you know where they see like Oh, we already see the end of the universe, right? Like we, we we caused it when we tried to make a better version of air conditioning, you know, like <laughs> whatever it was. I mean, like, I love I love that. Yeah, mm-hmm. absolutely. 
I mean, it's, it's almost like saying to the, from the alien perspective, this it, revelations like for us means the end, right. Or the mm. a transformation, but for them, revelations might be a continuous process that ne- mm. isn't an end or a beginning. It's always yeah. happening. Yeah. Right. Which is sort yeah. of your point. And so traveling through these doorways and what seems like a, a random manner is really a transfiguration that's eternal, you know, maybe for them. Mm-hmm. You you know, Daniel, there's something that I was actually thinking about, like our last series that we did with our bugs that were, uh, that saw people slipping through dimensions and whatnot. Mm-hmm. I feel like the them traveling through the gates, we could actually do that concept justice here as well, where maybe they are experiencing different modes of, uh, dimensional travel as they go through the different gates and whatnot you know like that that's distinctly possible considering how weird these gates could be and how like we're approaching time already you know i think there's there's an opportunity definitely to have some kind of transformation because like Mm. isn't revelations it's about transformation too like so i wonder Mm. if like going through these doorways fundamentally changes the world you know yeah Mm -hmm. and what survives is but there, maybe there's there's uh, some perspective on the earth that's struggling to remember and to survive the transformation to kind of just to see mm-hmm. if they can predict this, even though they know it's ultimately futile, you know, because mm-hmm. these are if the Bible is, is remnants of our past knowledge. Right. And our attempts to make sense of the universe, like whatever this faction is that persists from these transfigurations, they must be trying to put the pieces together, you know, mm-hmm. Have any of you read uh, Childhood's End by Arthur C. Clarke? Yes. Okay. Fantastic. Very, very readable novel as well. It's essentially uh, the midwives of the universe come to Earth and try and prepare the human species to ascend into like a pure energy cosmic being, Hmm. you know? Mm -hmm. Um, They look like demons. But they they look like (laughs) biblical demons, right? And I, I didn't recognize what we were doing with the demon stuff until I just said that actually. But I I think that when you are talking about going through those gates, Daniel, we're actually talking about like an ascendance, not to divinity because I do want to like, I'm I'm more interested Mm -hmm. in like the mechanical aspect of that where religious folks can probably interpret this as we're ascending to like heaven, but like what's actually happening is like an ascension to a higher plane of existence or higher consciousness of existence, you know? Mm-hmm. I mean, it can, it can be nefarious too, because, and again, I, I have to go back to race by wolves. For those of you who may have been watching that, <laughs> please watch it. So HBO can make the five seasons <laughs> we need. Um, there's a, in, the, in that show, there's a nefarious sense of the intent of, of whatever divine being is actually out there. And from the perspective of the people in the show, it's quite horrific and it seems mm. terrifying but we don't really know its intentions or its goals. Like uh, just which is, as a, as a minimal spoiler, you might want to skip past this. Like there's a character who's transformed into Hold this on, tree. Hold on, let me mute you real quick. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the character is transformed to this tree and it's utterly horrific and unexpected. Yet there's like this really what there's wonderment in that, that action. And it's really grotesque. Mm-hmm. Cause this is Ridley yeah. Scott. And so I wonder what you're talking about, um, you know, uh, ascendance or transformation you know that might not be a a form of ascendance that we are familiar with or would approve Mm -hmm. of Mm -hmm. and so that could give room for characters or um you know factions in the story that are opposed to what's happening and and really view 
uh, like you said, this apostle is demonic, you know, and that's the cause of them being seen as demons. I'm really interested in that. I love the theme that we're kind of digging at here, which is interpretation. Uh, I, I love the idea that the world essentially becomes completely split in terms of like, there are scientists who are going to try and figure it out. There are going to be religious folks who are like devout and continue to do uh, to 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 follow their religious doctrine. And then there's going to be a bunch of turmoil in the very middle, which is like, we don't know what's going on. There's panic. There is like uncertainty. Like, is God real now? Is this even God? Wait a minute. What's going on? Like there's I, I think that to me is where the really interesting bits lie is in the uncertainty. Yeah. Yeah. Sorry, I'm just like looking at a, a summary of the book of Revelation, like thinking of ways that, to pull random things in. I'm looking back on the prompt. Um. <laughs> well, I also, yeah, I don't want to lose sight of the ringed green moon. Yeah, as I was thinking about That's too. actually what I was about to circle back yeah. to. Yeah. Like, maybe Where is, is, is that God that's watching? Like, <laughs> I don't know. Um, I I'm don't... less inclined to like talk about that as like mm. some kind of like mm -hmm. arbiter. Yeah, I, I'm. I'm really interested in talking about the the giant green moon that watches, mm -hmm. because the idea that it it watches implies that it is it is somehow sentient, but it's also a moon. So what does that mean? You know? Yeah. Like, well, moons orbit their companions, their satellites. Um, I wonder if it implies something standing outside of this process that can observe mm -hmm. it. Right. And so it could be a means of either escaping the process or like, um, you know, sidestepping it. Like, mm -hmm. yeah. of course my mind as a sci-fi person goes to like a station or a place mm -hmm. that um, people can operate from to, you know, observe what's happening without being subject to transformation. But mm -hmm. at least as a moon, it suggests a being subordinate to something Mm -hmm. And B, like you said, it watches, it's observing. From right. Instance. I mean, uh, you're a sci-fi nerd. I'm a comic book nerd. So my brain, of course, goes to the Beyonder. We're oh. like a, a class of people in the Marvel universe who are like cosmic beings who are basically there to observe and nothing more. Hmm. And of course, in the comics, one of them like eventually interferes because they're like, I can't, you know, like I've fallen in love with the people of Earth. And I need to interfere because guess what? You're all fucked and you need to do something about it. But if we, if we roll that back and like, I like what you're saying, Daniel, where it's like a weird observation tower or something like that, mm -hmm. uh, where it could, yeah. it can be completely inorganic or maybe it's an AI or something like that, where it's an, an AI, the size of a moon that is like watching, or maybe this whole thing's a fucking experiment and they're just, they're just <laughs> conducting the test. They're like, well, let's see what happens when we toss them through this gate, you know? It's the Vatican in space. <laughs> it's the space Vatican, yeah. And Isn't there the a Futurama Pope joke TV. about the space Pope? I'm pretty sure there's a space Pope I'm sure in, there. I feel in like, Futurama. Yeah, I feel like there is. <laughs> well, it's not a GIF, so it doesn't count. Uh, <laughs> I do, um, I want to return just for the sake of having solidity here to, we mm -hmm. didn't really decide when this is happening. Like in a, in not mm -hmm. a concrete sense, but in a general sense. We talked about, is it after Revelations? But then, Courtney, you're saying we could have this happen during Revelations. That's not really completed. Is this mm -hmm. happening after having passed through one or more gates? Is it happening before? When is the story that we're going to construct happening? Maybe we should focus on like a time when it's like after 
the planet has traveled through at least one gate, but not like a ton of them. And maybe mm -hmm. um, something is happening that causes humanity to realize like, oh, it's going to happen again very mm. soon. And we need to like prepare for it in some way after what happened previously. Can, yeah. can, can I suggest that we're on our seventh pass through mm -hmm. a gate just to just to go there? Yeah. So I, I feel like it's enough passes through gates to recognize that it is seemingly random, but mm -hmm. also enough where it's like we're trying. We know that we need to prepare for something to happen. Mm -hmm. Do we want the time scale of the narrative to be kind of Isaac Asimov esque in the sense that we're passing gulfs of time and observing, you know, from a from a a higher vantage point. So like, instead of following a group of characters, you're really mm -hmm. following um, organizations over time. Mm. I think that's the sci-fi way to do it. Yeah. I, yeah. I think that oftentimes what I've, what I've recognized when it comes to like sci-fi stories is they're far less interested on individual characters and far more interested on the implications of everything going on, which means that you follow characters, but more importantly, you follow, you follow the story, like the legacy of what's happening. And I think I'm okay with that in this regard. I think that's that we can make it really interesting. Mm -hmm. um, but I think having it go, be on the seventh pass through is enough weird history or, or there's enough weird history that we can dive into. And we can all, I, I think it's like a good, like compromise between like, it's not the end. It's not the very beginning where things are all like really like complicated and like chaotic. It's like, the seventh pass through has there's enough time that has passed where factions have solidified and things have kind of like cooled down from the crucible, so to speak. Have we missed any of the tenants that are in their prompt? Well, I, I think that my guess, right? The one tenant that we really haven't addressed is um is the moon. Mm -hmm. I am inclined to roll some random dice and call that our world anchor. And that way we'll be able to uh, force some kind of meaning on the moon itself with the aid of a twist and some weird dice rolls. What do y'all think about that? That works for me. Yeah, that's fine. I, just, I was just okay. wondering, like, I know we haven't like this figured out what it is, but are there any right. tenants we haven't mentioned at all? Like we, we at least know all of them. Okay. We've, we've, we've knocked out all the tenants so far. So I, I what I would like to, I, I like what we're doing here where we're solidifying where we're going to be focusing our time and, and like lens at essentially uh, we're going to come up with factions next time, obviously. But do we have any other questions that we want to engage in right now about the setting as we have it? I think we know when it is now. Yeah. Right. A loose timeline of events. Mm -hmm. yeah, I mean, I'm, again, I'm, I'm inclined to, when you say gulfs of time, Daniel, I'm, I'm inclined to say that like 77 years have passed. But again, like, I think that's kind of, I think that's a bit too much. I think seventh cycle is fun. And in fact, I mm -hmm. can even see that being the title of the book that we're writing here. You know, it's like the seventh gate or the seventh cycle or something like that. And then we go from there. But in terms of gulfs of time, I, I, I'd say like anywhere between a couple of dozen to a couple hundred years of, of time have passed. Well, the reason why I said mm -hmm. gulfs, and by that I mean hundreds, because, because right, we're talking right. about the events of revelations, right? So yeah. like if if that kind of trauma happens and there's like 
12 years in between the next kind of trauma, you don't really have much room for civilization or reflection. Mm. So I think if we're going to have seven, this is the seventh time this has happened. We might be talking like 700 plus years at this point. Mm -hmm. So then you're talking about organizations or beliefs that have morphed quite significantly. So whatever the Catholic church may have been might be something very different now. Oh, that's very Um, true. You know what I mean? Yeah. I'm also cool with like a 700 year time gap with Mm -hmm. each age and each gate being like not a, a hard and easy number. It's like every hundred years, you can expect 608 years later and then 217, you know, you never know. It's random. Right. Or even something is like, we had six months in this world. I don't know what's going (laughs) on. You know, I also imagine that it's, it would become very difficult to track time if you're being Mm -hmm. like, spat out into the oh yeah that's very true like right gonna mess with things a lot too and we also have to figure out you know after all of this like what does the setting look like like is it i have a feeling this is not a coherent society anymore and it might be very strange you know from a i mean you could have it all be actually fantasy on the ground right Mm -hmm. because it's so warped i don't know why but i i'm thinking of like pretty strict caste systems or Mm -hmm countries or geographic areas that are split not just in terms of geography but in terms of like what they have available to them on Mm -hmm. any given basis you know i'm thinking of like uber technocrats over here and then you have like uh, an oligarchy over this way and then you have you know some kind of a deeply religious state over here and they all have wildly different Mm -hmm. like wildly varying like levels of technology and advancement um where but but i i'm concerned about that that we get too much of a hodgepodge if if i commit to something like that you know what i mean i feel like um certain in order for there to be an anchor between these ages something has to persist um yes and i don't know if that's like the equivalent of in Dune, you know, the religious order of the, the women, their name is escaping me at the moment, um, who are stitching together history. Mm-hmm. So I wonder if there's something like this, which might be a question for our factions in the next episode. Um, but the societies, I feel like the, the, if the events of Revelation, something similar is happening every so often, you really have a mm-hmm. breakdown of the order of things over and over again. Right. <laughs> yeah. Know? Yeah. Yeah. Um... I mean, even like the four horsemen uh, after I think what the second seal mm-hmm. is broken in Revelation, like each of them sort of gets control or power over a fourth of the earth. And like, oh, I imagine that like kind of breaking down even further over time as like more and more events yeah. happen. Mm-hmm. And we don't know what if, if it's like and I'm saying as a revelation each time, but it's like we don't even know mm-hmm. what the trauma is passing from yeah. gate to gate. It could be as ridiculous as revelations. It could be something completely different who knows mm-hmm. and and we say uh trauma but it doesn't necessarily have to be a trauma i mean it could just be something right. that is like this is a demonstrably beneficial thing that happens to the world or something like that um mm. what i think might be really fun is if we each come to the next session with an idea of this is this is what happened during the passing of this age or this gate you know, so that way it's like, well, in mine, you know, like the plague hit and then, blo- well, we, mm-hmm. okay, hold on. We're already doing that one. Um, in this one, you know, like, uh, like the world literally inverts on itself or some, something like wild and crazy like that. And then 
we kind of force ourselves to stitch together a shared history between the three ages or the three gates that we cr- come up with and create. Mm-hmm. How do you all feel about that? Yeah, it sounds interesting to me. Yeah, yeah, that's cool. Mm-hmm. Fabulous. Okay. <sighs> all right. All right. Um, let's, I, I feel like we're, we're really nearing the cusp of the edge of this episode. I'm very excited. Is there anything else that we want to talk about before we wrap up and recap all of our tenants? Um, one thing that comes to mind with the repeated mentions of the number seven is if there's a way to also tie this back to Genesis, um, mm. like God creating seven days, think, yeah. yeah, the seven days of creation. Um, and I mean, obviously this is like, or we were talking about, it doesn't necessarily need to be like an end time kind of thing. What if it's like a continuation, like things are just going to circle back around eventually. Mm-hmm. Um, and like those seven days of creation will happen or are currently happening or something to that effect. I do like the idea of incorporating the meaning of Genesis. Um, mm-hmm. The only caution I have, and I feel like this is the thing we do far too often is create cycles, mm-hmm. um, yeah, yeah. you know, like cycles of history in our stories. And I, I'm just kind of generally tired of that <laughs> in the sense that like everything recurs over and over again. Mm-hmm. Yes. So whatever, if we do incorporate Genesis, I'd want it to be like part of a forward moving process that hasn't happened already. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? What if it's like um, sort of a, a version of the great flood, but on a cosmic level, like God oh. is basically hitting the reset button oh, right wow. now, like slamming it down a bunch of times. That could be cool. Yeah. Um, so we don't know what's going to happen next. Yeah. Yeah. I like that. Like, I, again, I, I come back to that show that I love, but even that does the cycle thing, which mm-hmm. I'm just like, right. You know, it's, it, it's, it's almost like a cheap way for a writer to get out of giving an, an, a reason mm-hmm. instead of giving a reason. They say, well, it's happened before. There is no reason. And to me, that's like circular. So it's like, it's, it works sometimes and it's cool, but I just don't want to do it all the time. Mm-hmm. Well, Daniel, endings are hard. I don't know. You, you should know this as a writer. <laughs> endings are right. very difficult. Yes. Yeah. So when you have cyclical imagery and a cyclical nature of a story, you never have to end it. You never have to get mm-hmm. Stephen Kinged. It's fine. Mm-hmm. You're good to go. Like sometimes yeah. I just, even if there's not an ending, I'd rather have no ending than it to say like, oh, the ending is the beginning. Ha ha. It's a circle. You know? <laughs> Mm -hmm. I agree and disagree because I've seen it done remarkably well. However, I see what you mean by you're afraid of it becoming cliche. Mm -hmm. I I mean, always for us, like we've done it a lot, you know, I think it's because I do have a penchant for stealing something that I do enjoy. So yeah. (laughs) Um, Yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm cool with that. I'm okay with that. However, I can't help but think that there is no ending for what we're looking at here. Like the mm-hmm. setting is in fact just the beginning of something else, right? Mm-hmm. Like, yeah. Yeah. We don't have to have an ending. I just mean like, I don't want our solution to the, to this, to say that it's a cycle. Right. Gotcha. Yeah. Because we've done You don't want it to repeat times. is what you're right. suggesting. Yeah. So it's like, okay. I don't, if these 14 events are 14 events, like whether they happened in the past, I don't want to know or have that be part of the narrative because mm-hmm. I feel like it cheapens the narrative we're enduring at the moment. I'm, I'm okay with that. Like the yeah. idea that there's 14 of these suns uh, in 14 of these cycles, like the, the people on earth have no idea that that's coming. Right. Right. Okay, cool. I'm okay with that. Yeah. I, I can support that fully a hundred percent. Also, I, I do like the idea of watching the civilization kind of like, 
persist throughout all of this, because this is one thing that I've been somewhat interested in lately, uh, considering, you know, like the doom that is coming, that is climate change, you know, that, that I feel Mm. pretty constantly. Uh, I, I can't help but think that like, yes, it is coming. Yes, it will be catastrophic. I can't help but think that we as a species will most likely persist just in a way that we do not recognize as we are now, you know? Uh, maybe that's a bit hopeful for you, Courtney. I know it probably is, but it's at least something that I'm interested in kind of thinking about, you know? No, no, I, I think that we will persist. It's just going to be in a very uh, different form and a lot of terrible things are going to happen beforehand. Yeah, but th- there's a good <laughs> chance of it happening. Absolutely. <laughs> for the record, I think we will all die. So mm-hmm. I'm glad mm-hmm. that I only have to be alive for, I don't know, 70 years. <laughs> If, if that, yeah. if that, if I get there, yeah. yeah. I mean, that's, that's why I think it's really important for everyone out there to like really cherish the experiences that we have now, mm-hmm. you know, like this is, this is a, this is a good life that you got going on here. You don't, you might not feel it. Uh, trust me as a depressive person, mm-hmm. I don't feel it every day, but I also uh, am trying my best to cherish the experiences of the now as much as possible. Mm-hmm. And with that out of the way, let's circle back and talk about each tenant and make sure that it makes sense with everything that we've going on. Let's go with the tenant recap. All right. Uh, Daniel, you started us off this episode. What was your first tenant? That we have 14. The stars represent or contain the 14 apocryphal texts of an alien Bible. Uh, I feel like we've uh, I feel like we've pretty well established that. I feel like that's yes. good so far, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. I think we concluded that our Bible is an extension of some larger text. Yeah, or like the prequel to it, or mm-hmm. yes, it fits in in some way. Yeah. The, this is this is the prelude. This is like the the scene before the actual story. Absolutely. Yeah. Mm-hmm. All right, uh, Courtney, your first tenant. Uh, that the Catholic Church made all this happen possibly by attempting to reach heaven and that triggered the apocalypse as foretold in the book of revelation. Mm. Did we, I don't think that we really satisfied that aspect of it necessarily where Mm -hmm. that, that getting to heaven thing, like it's the Catholic Mm -hmm. church's fault. I feel like that's kind of fallen by the wayside a little bit here as we talk about like the more cosmic scale of what's going on. Uh, I mean, I think that we've satisfied the tenant mm-hmm. for sure, but I, I'm also interested in this idea of like, we should talk about that a little bit more, I think. What do you think? Yeah. I mean, I felt like it tied in with uh, another, another one of your tenets um, about, what was it? Oh, just the aliens in general, or uh, also your demons, Rob, like mm-hmm. something about maybe they encouraged uh, the church to maybe develop something or or mm. go through with some ceremony that that tried to basically open up access to heaven and and that is what did all this i i just recognized mm. that we are literally trying to open heaven's gate here and <laughs> and we have aliens potentially involved mm. so um <laughs> I don't know what to make of that. Make of that what you will, you know? I think it, this her tenet is kind of implicit in the whole situation. Right. Because yeah, 
the Bible could be seen as being precipitated by these demons or aliens, mm-hmm. or more specifically, if you want to say the first movement revelations itself, doesn't it have like a fake apostle, like a demon, the equivalent of the devil um, that's heralded to occur. And I feel like if you wanted to interpret that as the first step of opening mm-hmm. up heaven could, because it's a false heaven, it could be a way of interpreting it. And this is where my tenant comes in, which is, Mm-hmm. A demon tricked the Catholic mm-hmm. Church into activating this gate after masquerading as a revived apostle. So yeah, right. I, I think that those work. Very, I, I think Courtney and I go together like peanut butter and jelly for sure. Like the second mm-hmm. coming of Christ, you know, all of that could be a, yeah. a, a bad thing that we don't realize, you know. Yeah. <laughs> mm-hmm. yeah. Uh, let's loop back around. Daniel, your second tenant. The planet doesn't actually orbit any of the stars. It passes through a series of space-time corridors or wormholes where each of these star systems actually exist. Right. Uh, right. All of our tenets relate, uh, second tenets related to the mm-hmm. teleportation aspect. <laughs> yeah. Right? yeah. Which is the same as your portals. It's just that your, it seems like your portals gives more explanation to how it functions. Right. Yeah. My, my, and mine are giant magical gates that mm-hmm. uh, push the the planet seemingly at random through so there's no set pattern that we can recognize it could be one in fact to that point it could be one gate because it takes you to a different place each time Mm -hmm. and if you have a revolution of a planet imagine our planet circling our star if there were a portal in its orbit and you pass through the portal yeah and you end up in a different system orbiting a different star the portal would would still be where it is and you'd still be in the same orbit the Mm -hmm. only difference would be that the star, depending on how big the star is, it would have to shift out that orbit, but it could work that way where it's just really one portal, but there's 14 jumps that it can do. Interesting. Mm -hmm. And then scientists and whatnot can suss out, okay, Mm -hmm. we have to do one rotation to get back to the portal. And then they have, that's the age. We're going to be here for X amount of years or whatever it might be, you know? Mm -hmm. And you could finagle depending on the orbit you know, we're ignoring for the moment the Goldilocks zone and that we would die if our orbits were different. Um, <laughs> but yes. but if, the, if the orbit's large enough, you could have a much larger passage of time, you know? Mm. Mm. Um, or I wonder if it could be tied in with the green moon somehow. Like, um, oh. oh, yeah. Since that only appears sometimes, maybe it, maybe that's the unpredictable part of it where, you know, you'll you'll have gone around a sun like, 30 times and you're wondering oh, and then you see when, the moon then you see the moon and it's like ah oh, fuck uh, <laughs> yeah again, i like that again, yeah, yeah, then yeah, the yeah, portal yeah. opens yeah. okay that gives us yeah. more room and time because you can have yeah. lots of revolutions mm-hmm. right but yeah. when the moon appears that means the doorway is open and you're fucked. yeah I it's always that. an omen moon yeah it's Fucking like oh that. jesus yeah oh, that's, that's good fun. that's really good i like that that's some blood stuff from courtney right there yeah yeah <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, you got your drop of blood, Courtney. Don't worry. Perfect, mm-hmm. perfect. Um, <laughs> and yeah, my my second tenet was also that uh, I didn't want it to be like an easy, sam- simple uh, transition between the suns. I wanted it to be something dramatic and also uncontrolled, uh, like Rob, you had said. Yes, absolutely. Mm-hmm. And I think that we've certainly, without giving the specifics of each like mm-hmm. major revelation of mm-hmm. the revolution, uh, we we do have that, I think, involved here, right? Yeah, I think oh, so. Oh, yeah. I'm I mean, sure we're going to have blood rain and, I don't know, like, <laughs> yeah. uh, man-eating furries and Black uh, oceans of acid. And, yeah, all that good stuff. I mean, I, I do feel like even just switching to another star system could be, like, 
it oh yeah be traumatic for the planet like yeah that could be it. Yeah, if you want to do straight sci-fi and like yeah yeah we we, we also <laughs> haven't even talked about the potential for another sentient race of people mm. like mm-hmm. it, like we're just passing like two planets passing in the night like oh hey look their planets fucked too how about that <laughs> you know oh, got it, right like if you end up in a different star system it happens to have other planets now you have mm-hmm. cosmic war or yeah. interstellar war <laughs> there's so, yeah there's it has a lot of potential is what i'm yeah what we're doing here i love mm-hmm. it but i just want to underscore too according to saying like just being in a different system like oh, if we're gonna yeah. respect any of the celestial rules <laughs> any of <laughs> physical rules if these orbits aren't in a specific place you're talking about the complete death of everything on the planet every time they shift. So there has to be something special about the way these orbits are arranged in each system for um, everyone yeah. not to immediately die. Magic. Like I said, magic. Yeah, yeah. Uh, something about the well, the green moon. Yeah. Yeah, the green uh, moon. It's like a protector, but also yeah. sort of making all of this happen. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. I mean, and it could be it could be simple if this was designed, you could have it such that the sizes of the stars are different. So that mm. the orbits could be different and this keep you in the Goldilocks zone. That's exactly yeah. what I was th- thinking as well, is that mm. they would be wildly varying in size and rotation and, yeah. and all that good stuff with with a little bit of softness tossed in with like, yeah, it's a magic gate. So you don't immediately fucking die whenever you pass <laughs> through it. But horrible <laughs> shit's going to happen to you, you know, so there's a little bit of that just saying. Mm-hmm. Um, there's also something I think kind of fun where. I, I'm I'm kind of interested to see if as the people recognize that they're approaching that gate and they're going to pass through it this time for sure. What do the parties on earth mm. look like during that time? Like, is it a truly apocalyptic party where it's like all your inhibitions go out, you're putting things in holes you didn't know existed. Like you're just doing stuff. It's like a purge night basically. Right. Um, or is it just like, you know, you're just sitting there quietly, like expecting, like, we've just got to endure, you know? Um, yeah. I could see that just being totally different based on faction and oh, yeah. country. Like some people yeah. just go all out Bacchanalia. Other people are like hiding away and fallout shelters, essentially. Other people are probably committing mass suicide because they don't want to experience that again. Uh, yeah. Who knows? Absolutely. In some cycles, yeah. everyone is a fish person. So they just go <laughs> under the water. <laughs> That you know, you know, uh, Dagon would be happy. Uh, I'm sure. <laughs> All right, I, I think I think we've wrapped up the tenets part, right? I think mm-hmm. we've got everything nailed down. We've got everything like locked in. I think it's time to roll a a, a, a twist and see what we get here. How do y'all feel about that? I'm very curious yeah. what this is going to be. <laughs> um, there's let's see, let's see what are, what are some good ones here. We've still got add in some undead culture. Well, this is just a given cults are going to be involved anyway. Courtney's favorite. Now go super dark with it. Mm -hmm. There you go. Uh, Add dinosaurs. Look, there's so many like different spices we can toss in. Let's roll a die and see what we get. My dear friends, our twist for the next episode is. And now add in some robots. (laughs) Oh, nice. Wow. Wow. I was not expecting that. Well, we've Green got robots on the table. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so again, we will approach net. We'll, we'll each come to next episode with uh, some revelation, some apocalyptic thing that, or, or, or some, d- something that is 
that changes the landscape wildly. It's the thing that happens as we pass through the gate, right? That's where we're approaching next episode. And we're also going to have to figure out where all those robots came from. (laughs) Mm -hmm. I love it. Absolutely. And with that, I think that's going to do it for this episode of World Build With Us. And remember that if you want us to build your world like we did with Iris, you can always go to our website, worldbuildwithus.com. Follow the link in the instructions and we'll build your world uh, just like we did here. Again, a big thank you to uh, Iris for submitting this really fun and interesting prompt. It's always great to see new listeners submitting prompts here. Really fun. Uh, if you want to follow us on social media, go to Twitter and follow at Let's World Build. That's us. You can do whatever you want on it with it. It's fine. Uh, if you want to come join our Discord where we have all sorts of fun world building chats or just chats about whatever we want, follow the link in the description for that. And if you're feeling particularly generous or you just want access to our sweet, sweet patron only episodes, follow the link in the description for our Patreon where we do all sorts of cool stuff with that. And that's enough of my blathering and chilling. That's the end of the episode. Remember that we love you very much. And we're going to get through this together until next week.